is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. So, this week and next week, these messages, there's a bit of a two-week, two-parter mini-series I can honestly say it has come out of, I feel God has spoken to me about these messages and given me something that I feel that he wants me to bring. And I've started to think around these subjects and begin to sort of mull it over a little bit. And then I found myself awake in the middle of the night a few weeks ago. I was thinking about all sorts of things, thinking about some messages and what I was going to be preaching on. And I felt that God spoke to me and gave me some things to preach into, I think it's over two weeks, so this week and, and next week. And they're, they're, they're G's, okay? They're three G's to weed out, and conversely, three G's to grow in. So we've got some things to weed out and get rid of, and we've got some things to, to grow in. Uh, does that make sense? So that's what, that's what we're going to be doing. Now, you know, don't you? I mean, you, you are well-trained, mature Christian people, are you not? Yeah? So you know that... Where's my Bible gone? lost my Bible already. Is it down there? Oh, it's over here. Here it is. Here it is. This side. I normally have it this, the other side, so it threw me completely. In fact, I'm going to move that, because I'll do that again otherwise. There we are. You know, don't you, that this book, that God's Word, is meant to challenge us. Sometimes it will comfort us. Sometimes it will encourage us. Often it will strengthen us. But friends, sometimes God's word challenges us. It confronts us and we go, oh! God's word is living and active. Like a two-edged sword, isn't it? That's what scripture tells us. And so this morning, you may find that the Holy Spirit puts his finger on something in your life. And I want to encourage you, if he does that, don't ignore it. But rather respond well. Seek to have an open and soft heart before the Lord. And go, God, what do you want to do in my heart? Don't resist what God wants to do. I feel like God wants to speak to us. And it's going to be for his glory and good. And how good is a church family as well? Okay? So, so this week we've got three G's to weed out, to, to get rid of, okay? And, and then the fact that it's weeding implies you have to do something, doesn't it? So a few weeks ago, Sarah and I spent a morning gardening. The lawn had its final cut of the year. I'm thinking... Like mid-October, can you get away with cutting the grass one more time? Well, it's like it's up here. I think I've just got to do it. So the lawn had its final cut of the year. And uh, various weeds have started to grow uh, around the plants we've got in our garden. So I I'm doing some, some lawn mowing. Sarah's doing some weeding. And, and the trouble is, those of you who are gardeners would know this, the trouble is with weeds, they keep coming back, don't they? Well, at least our weeds do. So you, get, you weed them out, you get rid of them, and the, you know, the, the, the plants look really lovely. You think, oh, that's a lovely flower bed there. And then a few weeks later, you start to see these 
weaves, shoots, start to pop through. I thought, I got you. I thought, I got you out, root and all. But hey, it just starts to come back. You know, to, to get rid of a re or a, a <laughs> start this again. To get rid of a weed really well, you, you've got to dig down deep, haven't you? You've got to pull the root out. Not just pulling at the top off. You've got to pull the root out. Sometimes you need to get some weed killer on it. As Christians, there are some weeds that we need to look out for, to watch out for in our lives, in our hearts. They're things that we need to actively avoid getting into. But if we spot them, to, to root them out, to, to weed them out, to get, to get rid of them. So these three G's that I want to look at this morning, these three G's to weed out are gossip, grumbling, and greed. There are three G's for this morning. Gossip, grumbling, and greed. They're like, already. And then next week, we'll look at three Gs to grow in that the Holy Spirit wants us to actively pursue and God wants us to grow in. But this week, we've got some weeding to do first. Okay? And sometimes you've got to weed out some stuff before you can plant some good stuff, haven't you? That's true in a garden, and I think it's true in our hearts as well. Now, I guess we could try and package it up nicely, and I've thought a lot about this message, and I thought, how do I try and package this up nicely and make it sound sort of less offensive. And, and it, but the reality is, each one of these three Gs is, is sinful, isn't it? And, and I, I've been wrestling with God over this. I've been thought, look, can't I just go for the three Gs to grow in? Can't we just have two weeks on the, the, the things to pursue that are good? And like, I felt rebuked by heaven over it. I'm like, I felt God speak to me like, no, you've got to preach this. We've got to preach this before we can get to next week. So let's pray and ask God to speak to us, give us soft hearts, ask him to help me, <laughs> and let's see what God wants to do this morning, yeah? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you that your word comforts us, encourages us, strengthens us, and sometimes challenges us. So Father, if this morning we need a challenge, we pray, God, that you would give us open hearts, give us soft hearts before you, that you might be at work and where it's needed, do some weeding out in order that then, Lord, you can plant some great stuff in our lives. So I pray you'd help me to communicate well this morning. God, I pray you'd give us hearts to hear from heaven. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so first one, gossip. I, I guess all of us have experienced this, haven't we? In all sorts of areas of life, uh, I, I can think of, you know, different environments I, I've been in over the years. Uh, maybe that's been at school. Maybe it's been at university. Maybe uh, in a workplace. Maybe, sadly, in the church. I guess most of us have experienced gossip to one degree or another. And you know, gossipy workplaces are pretty unpleasant places to be, aren't they? I've, I've been in one or two over the years. and it, they're, they're not nice. You always wonder about what people might be saying about you behind your back when you're not in the room. It's pretty unpleasant, isn't it? And it's unpleasant in any environment, any group, but particularly in God's church. So what is it? Well, the dictionary defines gossip as idle talk or rumor, especially about the personal or private affairs of others. I guess we'd say it's talking negatively 
about someone behind their back. Saying something about them that you haven't said to them. Because you probably wouldn't say it <laughs> to them. And I'm sure, I'm sure if you've been in church any length of time, we can sometimes justify this by adding a little, so a few words in before we get to the gospel. We say things like, just a prayer. And then go on to talk about somebody like, I guess we've all heard those sort of conversations over the years, haven't we? Like, just because you start a sentence with the phrase, just for prayer, that then doesn't give you license to, to talk in this way. Now, you might be thinking, Graham, is this really an issue? Is it really something that God is concerned about? Well, let me read some scripture to you. That might answer that question. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20. So Paul is writing to the church in Corinth here, and this is what he says. He says, For I'm afraid that when I come, I may not find you as I want you to be, and you may not find me as you want me to be. I fear that they may be discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. Paul, Paul's writing to a church here. And he's running to a church that is full of life in the spirit. But he's saying, actually, there are some things that I'm worried that I might find amongst you. And he lists some things. And you've seen that you heard the list there. It's included. Gossip's included. It's not a great list, is it, really? To say to any church, I'm worried that I might find these things when I come and visit you. It might be discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, slander, arrogance, disorder. And we've got gossip on the list as well. I mean, I wonder, if you go visit a church, what, what do you think you might find? Uh, you'd hope it wasn't that list, wouldn't you? But Paul is writing to them, saying, I, I fear that I might find these things amongst you. We even talk about this subject, the gossip in the membership course. And the reason we talk about it is because it's so dangerous. You know, Satan is out to destroy God's church by any means he can. And this is one of the tools that, that he uses. I guess it's particularly dangerous because it just spreads, isn't it, like, like wildfire. It can get out of control. James puts it like this in his letter in James 4, verse 11. It says, brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you're not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Gossip, slander, that's got no place in God's church. James is pretty clear about this as well. But I guess the reality is, and we've all been there, haven't we? I know I have. I'm, 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 my guess is most of us have. It's easy to get sucked into it. You, know, you find yourself in a conversation and, and somebody says something and before you realize you've got sucked into it, and you think, oh, how do I get sucked into that? So you've got, I think, in, in those sort of situations, you've got three options. You might have more, but I, 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 I've thought of three. If you're in that sort of environment, that sort of conversation, that's where it's going, I think you've got one of three things that you can do. Firstly, you can join in. Now, that's obviously not good, not to be encouraged. So don't do that. So what do you do? How, how do you get out of it? What's, what's the route out? We could join him. That's not great. Number two, you could confront it and challenge it. 
And, and the reality is that's quite hard, isn't it? That's not easy to do, to, stay, to stand up and go, hey, actually, that, I, I, we shouldn't be talking about that, about that person. That, and that's right. It's not helpful, not loving, not kind. That, that's all true, but it's quite hard to do, isn't it? Maybe there's a place for that sometimes. Or thirdly, you could change the subject. Just move the conversation on. If you don't feel you can confront and challenge, at least not in the moment, maybe you move the conversation on. Change the subject, talk about something else. Or you could talk about the same person, but flip it on its head and talk really positively about what a blessing they've been, what an encouragement they've been to you. I think sometimes things like this do need confronting and challenging. But listen, I know it's tough in the moment to do that. So, listen, how about instead of gossip, which I, you know, I know happens in any group, doesn't it? At different points of time. Instead of gossip, how about we actively seek to talk positively about people, both to their face and behind their back? Yeah, so-and-so was so good at filling the blanks. Yeah, they were such a blessing to me when they did dot, dot, dot. How about we actually seek to talk about people in that way? To build them up both to their face and behind their back to talk positively about them. How about we seek to make Jubilee such an encouraging and upbuilding place? Is that a word? Can I get away with it? A, an encouraging and upbuilding place. That would be good, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be fun? Who wants to be part of a church like that? Well, I, I, we'd all put our hands up, wouldn't we? That would be great to know that when we're not in the room, yeah, people might talk about us, but they're talking about us positively, about what a blessing we've been and what blessing somebody else has been. Wouldn't that be good to be a part of a church like that? We'd all love that. You know, I, I want you to know, I'm not preaching about this subject today because I think we've got a particular problem. I'm preaching about it, I, I can honestly say, out of obedience. Because there are things for us to watch out of. And you might go, well, I don't think it's like that around here. And that's great. But let's, not make, let's make sure it doesn't become like that. These are things to watch out for. You know, we've said already that Satan is out to destroy God's church. He, he wants to cause division and strife and problem and we'd be wise to the tools he uses this is one of them but before we move on if you feel that don't worry I'm not going to ask you to stand okay it's okay but maybe you feel this is something that you can get sucked into you you know actually I've got a bit of a weakness there I can, I can get sucked into those sort of conversations then listen today I'm doing a couple of things. Firstly, calling you to repent. But secondly, inviting you to be filled afresh with the Spirit and asking God to help you in the way you speak of people. So I just want to pray. Just take a couple of moments. I'm not going to ask you to stand. But if you know it's in your heart, it's you, just do some business with the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you that you want to build a church full of encouragement and blessing where we speak well of one another to their face and behind their back. By God, for any of us that have over time or in different situations and get sucked into 
negative conversations and gossiping about people. Lord, today we repent and say we're sorry. And Father, we pray that you would strengthen us and help us to speak well of people. And God, for any today who know that this is a bit of a, a weakness for them, I pray you would strengthen them and use them, Lord, to speak well of people and to encourage and bless. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, one down, two to go. You still good? Okay, that was gossip. Second one's grumbling. And you might think that's a strange one, Graham, but listen, the Bible's got quite a lot about grumbling, actually. There are numerous examples where we're told what happened to those who grumbled. And let me give you a heads up before we get there. It's not great. Didn't end well. You know, if you were to make a list of the top ten sins, I don't know what would be on your list, but this one probably wouldn't, I reckon. Maybe you put some others on there, that, 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 the, the typical go-to ones that want to avoid. Maybe this wouldn't be on the list, but from God's perspective, this can be serious. So you look through the Old Testament accounts of the people of God, Exodus and Numbers both have accounts of what happens when the Israelites grumbled against God or against Moses and Aaron. And it's not good. I mean, many of them died as a result. God took this really seriously. So in Exodus 15, the Israelites grumble they don't have any fresh water to drink. In chapter 16, they grumble they don't have meat to eat they used to have back in Egypt. And so in Exodus 16, God hears their grumbling and gives them manna from heaven. But by Numbers 11, the people are still complaining and grumbling yet again. And they're fed up with manna now and wishing they still had fish and cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions and garlic. I mean, things must have got bad if they wished they had cucumbers. I mean, I cannot stand cucumber. It's just like the evil vegetable. How can you wish that you had cucumber? I don't know. But they, they're so fed up with, with, with manna that God's provided. They're wishing they had all this other stuff. They had back in Egypt. And God becomes angry with them. Numbers 11, verse 18, says, Tell the people, consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow when you will eat meat. The Lord heard you when you wailed. If only we had meat to eat, we're better off in Egypt. Now the Lord will give you meat and you will eat it. You will not eat it just for one day or two days or five or ten or twenty, but for a whole month until it comes out of your nostrils and you loathe it. It's a great description, isn't it? Because you've rejected the Lord who is among you, and you've wailed before him, saying, why do we ever leave Egypt? Not having learnt the lesson, you then find them grumbling in Numbers 14 that God didn't let them die in Egypt. And in Numbers 16, you find God judging them with a plague after the people grumbled against Moses and Aaron. At this point, nearly 15,000 of them died. Not great, was it? Didn't go well. And before we think, oh, that's just Old Testament, it's okay, it doesn't apply now in New Testament times, listen to what the New Testament says. Philippians 2, verse 14. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Or much my favourite is in 1 Peter 4, verse 9. Offer hospitality to one another 
without grumbling. It's there, isn't it? It just comes up yet again. So this is another one of those things that I think can take root in our lives and we become sort of grumbling about stuff. And actually, it doesn't have any place in our lives and in any environment, be it work or home or family or church. And nobody likes to be around the, the sort of grumpy, grumbling person, do they? And just, just to make it clear, in case you're um, misunderstanding what, what I'm saying, what it, it doesn't mean you can't ask questions. Okay, I'm not saying that. Please don't misread, misread what, I'm, what I'm saying. Church life, it doesn't mean you can't ask questions. Asking questions of elders, of leaders, of me, is fine. It's appropriate. None of us is above challenge. None of us is perfect. But listen, asking a question in good heart and in good relationship and doing it well out of love and seeking the best for somebody and the best for God's church is not the same as grumbling. Grumblers just moan about stuff. Look for the negative rather than the positive. Never encourage, never thank you, never look for opportunities to bless. You don't want to be like that, do you? None of us want to be like that. I was preaching a few weeks ago at a church we work with in Macclesfield, and I preached on the spiritual gift of encouragement. I think I preached about it here before, and maybe we should preach about it again. I so enjoyed preaching about the subject. And it's probably the polar opposite of grumbling. Encouragement can make such a big difference to people and indeed the life and culture of any church. In Barnabas, if you ever heard anybody talk about encouragement, if you heard me preach about it previously, you always hear people talk about Barnabas. And Barnabas, we're told in Acts 4, was uh, actually, his name's not Barnabas, it's Joseph. We're told Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. So, we've got a guy here whose real name is Joseph. But the apostles called him Barnabas as like a nickname. Because it means son of encouragement. So what does it tell you? It tells you he was such an encouraging person to, to be around the guys gave him a nickname that described that. Didn't call him Joseph anymore, but called him Barnabas. It's his nickname, the son of encouragement. Hey, here he comes, the encouraging guy. I mean, you want to be around him, wouldn't you? Obviously, he gets this nickname for the sort of person he was, for how he encouraged people. So, let me ask you a question. If the people closest to you were to give you a nickname, one that described you and described your character, what would it be? You don't have to call it out. You don't have to tell me. But I wonder, how would they describe you? What would they say? Would you be called Barney, Barnabas, because you're such an encourager? Or would you be something not quite so positive? I don't know. I was thinking about this this week. And confession time. I had a couple of days where I was a bit grumpy this week. So I, I was looking at my notes thinking, 
there's no way I'm showing Sarah my notes just right now because I know I'm being a bit grumpy and I know what she would say. Well, I'll tell you what your nickname is right now. And she'd probably be right. I hope that's not ongoing for me. I had a couple of off days. But listen, I wonder, I wonder what your nickname would be if those closest to you were to describe you. You know, you get to make a choice here. You get to choose how other people see you. Not because you can force how they see you, but just by how you live, what your character's like, and what they can observe in you. Can they observe you being grumpy or gracious? What, what, are, they, what are they seeing in you? You know, by, by the grace of God, I, I pray that for all of us this morning, whether you're here in the room, whether you're joining us online, you know, that we would know the strength and the power of God in our lives to be gracious and kind and loving and encouraging and that those sort of words might be a nickname that our friends would use about us. It says this in Hebrews 10. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. So, what is it for you? What might your nickname be? Is grumbling a bit of a tendency for you? Or maybe it's not, I don't know. Let's just pause again. I'm going to pray once again. And again, same, same deal. I'm not going to ask you to stand, don't worry. But if you know that oh, I can be a bit like that, I'm just going to pray and ask God to help you. So let's just be before the Lord. Heavenly Father, we, we say we don't want to be a grumbling people. Other as individuals or as a church before you. We want to be a gracious and loving and a fun and encouraging and life-giving people. So Father, if we have a tendency to grumble, we pray this morning you'd forgive us. We say we're sorry for that. And we pray that you'd help us by the power of the Holy Spirit to live in such a way that others are encouraged and blessed and built up by all that we say and all that we do. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, two down, one to go. One more. And our final G for this morning is greed. Now in Mark 7, some Pharisees and teachers of the law accused Jesus and his disciples of ignoring the tradition of the elders and eating without ceremonially washing their hands. This, they argue, makes them unclean. So Jesus replies to them by saying this, Mark 7, verse 14. Listen to me, he says, everyone and understand this. Nothing outside of a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it what comes out of a person defiles them. It goes on a few verses later in verse 20. What comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. 
sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. So, on the list there, our final G for this morning is greed. And I guess if we had to, to rate different levels of sin, if there's such a thing, I don't think there is, all sin offends God. But you know what I mean? You think, oh, is that, you know, where, where is that in the pecking order, if you like? Would you put greed anywhere near the top? Well, it's in the same list as theft and murder and adultery. It's not a great list, is it? But, but greed gets in there as well. You see, it's another G for us to watch out for in our own hearts and root it out if ever we see it. To repent of it where it's taken hold and ask God to, to help us. You know, in our sort of culture, particularly in the West, I think it's one that's very easy to allow into our lives without even realising it. Everyone around us don't they, tells us that we need more, that we should be pursuing more and wanting more and accumulating more. Our culture tells, we're, tells us we're entitled to more. You know, that doesn't help, does it? It's been said that the goal of advertising is to take away your self-worth and sell it back to you at the price of the product that is being advertised. I mean, think about some adverts that you might see on television these days. So often you, you don't find adverts talking about the features and benefits of a product. All you find is an advert telling you the sort of person that you will be if you wear these clothes or wear that particular aftershave or perfume or have this particular gadget or whatever it might be. It's talking about hey, how, what it'll make you look like rather than what it does. Jesus said this in Luke 12, Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Watch out, Jesus says. Be on your guard. So we need to watch out, don't we? If Jesus says, watch out, be on your guard, we will do well to watch out and be on our guard. But it is hard, isn't it? When everyone around us is buying more consuming more, owning more. It, it, it's tough if that's the culture we live in, and for most of us it is. So what's the antidote here? Well, again, I think there are three things. Number one, know your weakness. What's your weakness in this area? Is it fashion and clothes? Is it, is it cars? Is it technology? A friend of mine says he suffers from techno-lust. And I know what he means. I'm probably vulnerable to the same thing myself. I like technology, like gadgets, I, you know, that interests me. So, you know, if I'm being vulnerable, then that's probably something I need to watch out for. That, that, that particular area. For me, it isn't particularly uh, fashion and clothes. You might say, but Graham looks so good. Okay, you're not saying that. So it's not that for me, but, you know, maybe technology is. I wonder what, 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 is, it, what is it for you? What's your weakness? Know your weakness. Know where you need to watch out. And secondly, ask God to help you. Where you're weak, ask God for his strength. Now, you haven't got to fight this battle on your own. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you and to empower you. 
Ask Christian friends to help you. Be accountable to others. Ask them to help you and strengthen you on this journey. And then thirdly, how do you deal with greed? You practice the opposite, which is generosity. I think the best way to deal with greed is to practice generosity. Now this features next week in our three G's to grow in. So it's going to be fun next week, okay? It's a positive side. Okay, you can come back, all right? It'll be, it's, it's good, encouraging things next week for us to grow in and God wants to develop in our lives. Generosity is one of them. But I don't think it's the biggest antidote to greed. So if you know that greed's got a hold of you, it's a tendency that you, you, know, you, you can go to, start practicing generosity. Be a blessing. Be generous to people with your money, with resources that God has given you. Be hospitable. And as you do that, pray that God will change your heart. Because I guarantee he will. Paul says this in Ephesians 5. But among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Friends, we are God's holy people. His treasured possession. Be holy because God is holy, Scripture tells us. So let's not allow greed into our lives or into his church. We're going to finish in a moment, but before we do, let's just pause on this one for a moment, as we've done on the other two. Again, let's just be before the Lord. God, is this an area for me that I struggle in? Just be asking the Lord. Just be open to him, putting his finger on areas of your life. Father, I pray for any this morning who know that this can be a problem for them, this area of greed. I pray, God, that this morning there will be clear repentance, but also clear action in dealing with it. Lord, I pray you'd help all of us to be a generous people, full of gratitude for what you've done in our lives, seeking to be a blessing to others. Lord, help us practice generosity in order to deal with greed. Root it out of our lives if it's there, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're pretty much done on our journey of the three Gs. I was talking to somebody about this message this week. And uh, I was sort of telling them what I was looking at preaching about. Sharing my hesitancy on preaching it, but so I just feel that God's spoken to me. And she said to me this, she said, the challenge for all of us is not just to apply it to other people, but to apply it to ourselves. I thought, yeah, there's real wisdom there. The challenge on a message like this is we can quickly jump to, oh, I tell you who needs to hear that, rather than say, God, do I need to hear that? Do I need to be convicted of these things? So I want to encourage you. Don't jump quickly to, oh yeah, I know who needs to hear this message. <laughs> Let me tell them to listen to it this week. But be open to the Lord. Ask God to speak to you. You know, the reality is, I think all of us need to hear this message. You know what? 
You need to hear this message, and I need to hear this message. These are things that all of us are prone to, to differing degrees at different times in our lives. So the honest truth is we all need to hear it. And we all need to be aware of these things to root them out and deal with them. You know, there's, there's not anybody that I've got a list of thinking, I know who wants to, wants to hear this week. You know, it's not about that. It's just these are things that I feel God's spoken about. These are things that we'll do well to be aware of and do well to weed out of our lives. So listen, by God's grace, let's actively, in our own lives, weed out any gossip or grumbling or greed that we find in our own hearts or in God's church. Like we said earlier, that the church, the Bible describes the church as a beautiful bride of Christ, radiant, glorious, holy. Let's do all that we can do to ensure that that's what God might find here in Jubilee. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you ourselves once afresh this morning and say, God, if there's any of these things in our hearts, would you help us to deal with them well, root them out, and and repent of them and live in a different way. We pray, Lord, we wouldn't allow any of these things into, into your church. Your church is beautiful, glorious, holy. So we pray that, God, you might build here amongst us a church that is beautiful and glorious and holy, where we don't allow any of these things to take root, but we seek to live in a way that honors you and blesses and encourages others. So God, help us to live in that sort of way this week. As we've come in, God, send us out. We pray that you might use each of us to be a blessing to those around us this week. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, thanks for being with us this morning. God bless you. Have a great week. And next week, we've got three Gs to grow in. Okay, so it's the, it's the other side of it. It's the, the positive side of it next week. Three Gs to grow in and, and to seek for, for God to bless in our lives and in his church. So do hope you can be with us again next week, either here in the room or online. God bless you. See you next week. podcast feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk